Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Had to do it. Had to do it. Uh, we are back in studio. Uh, before we get into the topic, I want to introduce the topic. And first, we had a, uh, a review that somebody, M. Delaney underscore one, I want to give a shout out. Thank you for uh, giving us a review and, and asking us to address this particular topic. But M. Delaney underscore one asked if um, we could basically provide some insight on how to work with clients struggling with the LGBT concerns, especially identity or identifying as a transgender. And so we wanted to take at least two podcasts uh, to hit this, at least at the first, the philosophical level. And so this podcast specifically will be addressing uh, the philosophical level where we get into some, uh, probably some terminology that a lot of people haven't really heard yet. Uh, but because this is such a high, high resolution topic in our culture right now, uh, we, we wanted to take the time to provide some, uh, some cultural content that a lot of people will understand and then provide the spiritual piece, uh, which will be the next podcast uh, that we do for that, where we're presenting the spiritual side and then kind of the how to and how we actually uh, bring this idea to the counseling room. So um, with that... We are finally back. We actually have Jeremy back in the studio. Jeremy, Hello. how you doing? It's great to be here. Missed you guys. He was working too hard in Oregon. He didn't have time. <laughs> yeah. Right? You had an injury too, didn't you? I did. Oh, yeah, yes. true. Which, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Oregon in general. Like literally every morning I'd get up, everybody I walked by, whether it was in the street or the hotel, everybody said, good morning, good morning, yes. good morning. Uh, That's and, too much for me though. Well, you're not a morning person. I know. Uh, which, Their energy was like, it was amazing, but it's a lot for someone who's not a morning person. But outside of the people, uh, Salem Heights Church mm-hmm. specifically, their hospitality blows Southern hospitality out of the water. Yeah. Distant second. It's not even comparable. Um, so shout out to Oregon and Salem Heights Church for sure. You guys know how to treat outsiders. <laughs> you treat outsiders well. We give them way too much love though. They're getting spoiled. Well... We did do several podcasts. Matter of fact, I have another oh. podcast coming out uh, with Pete. He will yeah. be known. Mm-hmm. Um, but glad that Jeremy's back now, right? Yes, we are. We so are, I'm going to be quiet this episode so we can have more higher intellect. But have a discussion. Jeremy, while you were <laughs> busy uh, teaching and, um, you know, just doing what you do well, we did. You were with us in these podcasts. Yeah, I hear it. We had your laugh with <laughs> oh, us. Oh, no. There's it live <laughs> <laughs> recorded. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So at any rate. Uh, I don't know if I want to start like actually doing video podcasts because they're going to they're going to the what you I'm talk? talking. I get it. <laughs> but they're going to see my eye roll. I constantly am eye rolling you all the time. So people are going to see my. My uh, and it's hilarious. yeah, my heart over here for you. You know what? When you're 50, your eyes are going to get caught. <laughs> Nobody can see disturbing. what I'm doing. But then I'll be like, "How's that feel? All <laughs> these years eye rolling. Now you're stuck eye rolling. Don't ever do that again. That's are you going to eye roll? Okay, to that? let's get to the like the topic of today that I'm going to be quiet on, right? Okay. okay. So everybody heard you that you're going to be quiet, and mm-hmm. uh, I, that's the goal. Yeah, I don't want you to be quiet, but we'll see how oh, that goes. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll turn that around. Anyway, All right. uh, what we're going to be talking about again, um, as I alluded to, uh, we're going to be talking about the limits of self-identity, uh, more specifically how self-identity uh, you know, really comports to uh, the struggle of transgender and LGBTQ. Um, but before we do that again, we want to hit uh, more of the psychological stuff um, that the world is familiar with before we get into the biblical stuff. So we wanted to just have a fair presentation of that. So uh, we've got first, we've got the biological order. Jeremy, you want to speak a little bit on that? Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is really a convoluted issue in our culture profoundly. And I'm sure you guys are aware as we speak, there is a case in Dallas, Texas, where a mom uh, is trying to transition her eight-year-old son. And, yep. and dad's going against it, and it's a big deal. Yeah, that's real time right now. Yeah, yeah, it's real time. So, you know, it's just a sad dilemma in our culture. And so what I would like to do is just give a just a basic framework of how the world tries to make sense of this whole self-identity issue. Uh, and you asked first about the biological order. So we're taking some of these terms from uh, Dr. Eric Johnson's book, Foundations of Soul Care, uh, where he gives uh, several orders of meaning, and there are four of them that will hit ultimately. And the first one is the biological order, and uh, that's the platform for all higher psychological functioning. So we're talking about things like g- genetic determinants, uh, prenatal development, neuronal maturation, neuronal structures, brain structures. And in some very interesting way, uh, the biological order doesn't really have a, a big voice in the conversation about self-identity uh, because we have individuals who are biologically male who identify as female or uh, vice versa, biologically female who identify as male. So that, that strata of meaning is really um, a strata that doesn't hold a lot of weight in the conversation that we're having, where historically that, that bore a lot of weight. You, you have a, a little boy that's genetically a little boy, and that's the way it was. But we are living in a very different time now. That's what I find interesting. You know, in one side of the spectrum, an argument and category of thought, you know, especially in terms of a worldview where materialism is on the table, where everything is biological, right? Make these biological arguments. So we'll, we'll pander to, to biology when it fits the scope of thought, but then all of a sudden, like, eh, we're going to get over here and, and it's about how I feel about who I am. Now, mm-hmm. you know what? The biological order, we're, we're going to just kind of sweep that under the rug, as it were, a little bit. So, yeah, I, that's interesting uh, just to make that observation that um, it it's kind of gotten this sleight of hand where we're not acknowledging it. Yeah. So, so. In, so in some regard, you know, we're calling this an order of meaning, one of the orders of meaning. And uh, in our culture, it's be- really becoming a meaningless order. Uh, at least we're we're trending in that direction. I don't think we're there yet as as far as the majority of the culture. Yeah. But there there is certainly a group that that would say biology in in a, a very large way is meaningless when it comes to our sense of self. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. And uh, secondly, we have the psychosocial order, um, where that might be a term that most people haven't probably heard. Maybe. Um, you know, uh, to the, to the average person, the lay person, um, in our churches or just even in culture, uh, people mm-hmm. we work with, you know, in, in the office or wherever, uh, where we're having these conversations where coworkers are talking about their kids, even to the, to the story that we heard with the, the unfortunate family that's, uh, with the, with the kid, um, 
this is this is happening and so i think a uh, psychosocial term um that terminology is something that you know it's it's a technical term so um could you could you give a little just a definition on kind of what that is absolutely and I think if you study the literature, um, it's in the psychosocial order that you're going to find probably most research when it comes to uh, research on self, research on yeah. identity. And this is the order where, where we are referring to the immaterial dynamic structures that originate in social interaction. Uh, so things like sensations, perceptions, stimulus responses, our imaginations, concepts, schemas, these are all things that tend to develop within a social context, and that's what we're talking about by uh, the psychosocial order. And it's in these two strata, the sociological and psychological, uh, where research on human nature, identity, and self has, ex- has exclusively focused. So when you come to the psychosocial order from a materialist, secular perspective, uh, the central reference point is the human being. The central res- reference point is self the self becomes the ultimate reference point. And uh, there's an interesting quote in uh, that uh, Dr. Johnson makes. It's a very uh, poignant uh, insight. Uh, he says, given the intent of modern psychologists to come up with a universally agreed upon science of individual human beings, it is understandable that they have been content with studying human beings solely in terms of the biological and the psychosocial orders. However, important aspects of human nature are left out. Where, for example, is the human subject? At its best, a focus on the psychosocial domain leaves us with nothing but empty structures and organismic adaptive processes. There is no person in the whole realm. So in his study, what he's basically saying is uh, when, you, when you utilize the biological and the psychosocial, really you just have an organism now. And even the idea of personhood is ultimately lost if that's the only two realms that we have. And those are the two primary realms that we're ultimately coming up with these new ideas about self-identity in our our modern culture, which in my opinion creates several crises that I think we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely will. Uh, And and with that, we have the limits uh, of that self-identity as as a result of the biopsychosocial uh, that we just kind of talked about here. Uh, now we have the, really the, the first the first crisis would be the ontological crisis. Um, just could you provide again? These this is terminology that you know you're not going to hear at the street level. Yeah. You know nobody's using nobody's saying hey we you know what's your ontological view on. I mean people aren't saying that right. So absolutely. Uh, well, what's just a working definition of ontology or ontological? So I think uh, just a good simple. Uh, definition of, of ontology is just my sense of being. Uh, who, who am I? Um, and there is a crisis in my sense of being when you only have the biological and the, the psychosocial. And we, eat, we don't just see that as Christians. When you read the literature, uh, you can also read this. You know, when we look at the Bible, we believe, based on, I believe it's in Psalm 139, uh, that the Lord knew us in the womb. He knew, he, he knew us before we were even created. There was a person, Jeremy, known by God before I ever entered this planet. Um, but according to uh, psychosocial theory, uh, there is no person or self at birth that comes through social development and social learning. And so some of the articles that uh, that I have read, uh, Stephen Hilton, who is at the University of Iowa, he would say this, 
The self is a socially constructed product of symbolic actors interacting with social environments. And so when you look at uh, the the concept of self from a psychosocial perspective, uh, they begin with this idea that self is a a socially constructed product. That just, that is a crisis because inherently when you put somebody in a, like it's already embedded in them. It's not produced as a result of the environment around us. The, the environment may have influence, but it doesn't produce self. Yes. It's not generated by that. It's already innate in us. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's obviously where we, you know, differing in terms of worldviews, uh, you know, a, a biblical worldview versus a, a humanistic, uh, materialistic worldview, which is obviously kind of the, where we're going. So the idea of ontology in this is, again, what we're at, what we're talking about is a set of concepts and categories, which... You know, these are the domains in which we're, we're, you know, categorically talking about this, where it's the, you know, biologically um, and then, you know, self this. So there's the material, which is our bodies, and there's the immaterial. That's the that's the psychosocial, right? That's the where how do you these immaterial realities of who we are being uh, being, you know, in, in the culture or in, in an environment or whatever that are kind of being there's this interaction. Very much an interaction. Yeah. And but it's not to the extent that they're trying to argue here. Well, what they're what they're basically saying, they're coming from a materialist perspective. So they believe that you become a self based on the environment that you have and how your brain develops in that environment. And there is some there is some wisdom and reality in that my environment does influence yeah. uh, my development and maybe even my sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, but again. Um, it's you, not ex nihilo. It's not it's not produced from that. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm articulating that very well or not, but it's how can, how can, you know, you, you put, you know, somebody in an environment and just as they're interacting, it's producing something from nothing. Well, if, if you have, if you are coming to this conversation as a materialist or as an atheist, uh, that is probably the best explanation that you can come up with. Yeah. Uh, But we come from a, from a very different epistemology. Yeah. And um, that's why we have to be very careful when we're reading the literature. Bruce Hood is, an, is a professor of development of psychology at the University of Bristol, and he's a former research fellow at Cambridge. And he just gives us this honest assessment, in, you know, when we're coming to the conversation uh, from the psychosocial order, and that's all that we have. Um, here's his conclusion. The core self, wandering down the path of development, enduring things that life throws at us is, however, the illusion. Like every other aspect of human development, the emergence of the self is epigenetic, an interaction of the genes in the environment. So he's basically saying uh, the idea of self ultimately is an illusion, that self is a product of the environment interacting with the organism and the epigenetic that means that uh, certain genetic uh, predispositions are triggered based on the environment in which I am raised. And so it sounds a lot like determinism. It is very much a deterministic perspective. That is interesting. Very interesting. So uh, that that's a that's a good introduction to And so at the at the end of the day, what the world has is that uh, the concept of self is an illusion. We're yeah. all we're all illusions. Um, and we're f- simply products of the environment. Yeah, that's good. 
That's good. Um, it's good. It's not good, but it's good in terms of the discussion and just understanding the worldview that is at work in our culture uh, when we get into this topic and this issue. So uh, the next crisis would be the existential crisis. Yes. Um, could you provide, again, not a lot of people are walking around talking about existentialism, mm-hmm. um, most people. So ontology, the ontological crisis is the crisis of being. Who am yep. I? The existential crisis is the crisis of stability and meaning. Uh, does my life have, have meaning? Does my being have meaning? Does anything that I do, does my existence have any meaning? And there is a lot of very powerful research out there telling us, not only from a biblical, not at all from a biblical perspective, but from a secular perspective, saying, telling us that uh, in our culture, in the West, that we are indeed experiencing an existential crisis. And so it makes sense that this, this, this convoluted reality of, of self-identity is emerging because people are desperate to try to, to, try to have a sense of meaning mm-hmm. uh, or try to make sense of their being. Um, Dr. Rob Whitley, uh, in the Harvard Review of Psychiatry, he says this, that people in postmodern societies are becoming increasingly detached and disembedded from traditional institutions, including extended family, religious congregations, trade unions, and local communities. These mediating structures, which historically have been very, very important, are posited to provide fellowship, identity, and meaning to life, and we're losing that. And he says in, in the article that I read that the emergence of the idea of the empty self has, has now come onto the scene. And that's the, the empty self is devoid of meaningful content and connections, a self that is filled up by consumerism and other activities specific to postmodernity. Uh, and what this is doing in our culture, it's creating a diminished capacity to securely navigate risk and unpredictability, leading to a sense of despair. We're seeing that all over the place. The rise of sub- substance abuse, personality disorders, and associated parasuicide in the West. Uh, acts of self-harm as a means to fill em- the empty self. And I can tell you as a practicing counselor, in the last two years, I have seen more people who, with severe, severe suicidal ideation than I've seen in 20 years of practice. Um, and I have even had some people in my practice who have attempted that. So that is something that's very much on the scene. It is a huge crisis in our culture. And in developing uh, anorexia and bulimia as a means to forge a distinctive identity. Uh, So this guy concludes this, quote, Individuals must engage in constant self-interrogation vis-a-vis day-to-day living to ensure that their current social roles and identities are commensurate with wider values and appropriate changing contexts. So because the postmodern idea is everyone's creating their own story, tradition has lost its value. Right. Structures have lost their value. Uh, things that used to give people uh, structure to navigate the world in reality have lost value, which has created an ex- existential crisis in our land. That's that is that's very very just unfortunate and depressing. It is depressing. Very depressing. Um, so that brings us to the third crisis: uh, the ethical order. Mm. Yeah, so this is this moves us into a different realm for sure, uh, the ethical order, and and this realm, this strata, is asking the questions: What are our values? And that's a big question in our day, uh, and that leads us to the question of epistemology. And epistemology, just very simply defined, is basically how do we know what we know? Right. Um, 
what is our ground of truth? What is our ground of meaning? And as far as the scientific community, um, to a large degree, it's, it's research. It's empiricism. But in this new critical era in which we find ourselves, most people's ep- final epistemology is themselves. Yeah. And that's where we're entering into this place of confusion and where self-identity is becoming more and more of a thing in our society. Um, so the, the, the crisis, though, emerges in my own field. I, I want to give an example yeah. of why there's, there's, you're walking on really shaky ground when you begin to say, uh, I am who I feel that I am, and I get to make that up as I go. So if I feel, if I'm a male, but I feel inside that I'm a female, um, you're walking on shaky ground if you want to be consistent in your logic as, right. a, as a culture, as a society, and I would say in the world of psychology as a profession. So let me give an example. Uh, if, if a young woman walked into my office, and let's say that um, she had a preoccupation with one or more perceived defects or flaws in physical appearance that are not observable to others, so that when she looks in the mirror and she weighs 90 pounds, she totally feels that she's fat. And she, and she identifies as being overweight. Okay? Yep. Now, if I walk consistently with the self-identity movement, it seems to me that as a professional, my job would be to embrace that identity. Um, or if she comes in and feels I'm ugly and because I'm ugly, I'm therefore unacceptable. Well, that's her construct. That's what she feels. She feels that stronger than anything else that she feels in her life. The question that I have for people that follow the self-identity logic is, why am I not to embrace that? Uh, Why is she there to say you are who you are? Unfortunately, it's depressing and negative, but that's who you are. Yes. So why are you here talking to me? Why do you want to change that? Yeah. And, And from a loving perspective... And because I operate with an epistemology that, that tells me uh, something about that individual, that they're created in the image of God, whether they're a Christian or a non-Christian, mm-hmm. that my job is to love them and build them up. Um, so I'm not going to automatically accept that conclusion. But if a person with comes into my office, the same office, and says, I feel very strongly that I'm a, a man trapped in a woman's body, or a woman trapped in a man's body, my job is to accept that versus look at the objective data in front of me, the genetic data, and say, well, I'm not sure that's the truth and we may need to work on that. Especially if that person is a believer. You know, I have Christians come to me who have this struggle and they're believers and they love Jesus, but they, they have this strong impulse that they, they are living in the wrong body. Um, it's very sad and, and very, you know, my heart breaks for these individuals because their faith convictions tell them something different than maybe what their feelings are feeling. Uh, but as far as values, it gets really tricky because if, I, if I'm going to be consistent, if the girl that feels she's ugly, if that's her belief system that she wants to embrace with all of her being and, um, and the other person... The other person comes in feeling like a man trapped in the a man's body. Why am I to reject the one person's construct and embrace the other person's? If I don't have something bigger or deeper or more foundational as my epistemology, that leaves me, if I want to be honest with myself, okay, not, not um, 
Western in my thinking. But if I wanted to be truly honest with, with my logic, it's very difficult for me to reject the girl that feels one way and embrace the girl that feels another just because it doesn't have to do with sexual identity, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I would even, it just in thinking about that, you know, you, you just take this, the sexuality piece out of it. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like um, we're making the argument, well, you, you need to see, you need to talk to the, to the woman and, her, and meet her in her construct who feels ugly, but because it's negative, help her try to change that. Mm-hmm. That's well, right. So we accept determinism over here, but we reject it over here. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it is, it, it, it's schizophrenic. It's like it, to your point in order to be consistent, if, if we're, and really to, to have an ethic in your field, um, it, it's almost going against the very standard that it's set out to, to do mm-hmm. in this one niche yes. of construct. Yes. And right. It, it, listen, it's very, very, very political. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back in the history of the diagnostic and statistical manual, yeah. um, and I'm not saying I agree with this. I, this is not the categories that I would use. But the psychiatric field used to hold, put homosexuality in the, in the realm of mental disorder. They also used, not that long ago, had sexual identity would have been considered a mental disorder. But for political reasons through the years, that has changed. And, mm-hmm. and so you can see just in, in the development of the discipline itself, great holes in the values because the values have just changed as culture has changed. There's really no undergirding stable value values change in these areas as the culture changes. Yeah, that's good. Um, man, we, we've got, we've got a lot more to cover. Um, so we're going to, in the, uh, we're going to pick this up in the next episode, um, where we kind of finish, uh, just the, uh, the, the biopsychosocial piece and the crises that uh, that are prevalent in it, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up in the second uh, this next episode with just the the, the spiritual reality of this um, in terms of the epistemology, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and understanding uh, just philosophically, um, we know what we know because of what Scripture says. So you know, really, kind of what we covered here just now is what are we, why are we, and how are we to live as a result of that. Uh, that that's really what the biopsychosocial really is with the ethical crisis that we have as a result of it. Um, mm-hmm. So when you begin to break down these constructs um, and you remove God out of it, you are left with despair because there's, you, you can't, cre- man is constantly trying to create himself into something void of God and he's, he simply can't do it. Yeah. It, he's, it's just, he, he's, he's not able what, to do and it. What we're ultimately watching Michael and Shauna is we are watching in our time literally Romans chapter one unfolding right before our very yep. eyes to give hearty approval to it. Yes, when they know we know because to to the point you literally just made with twenty years ago when it was it was labeled as a disorder. Now uh, you know what uh, culturally because of what what's happening culturally we're we're, we're going to make concessions and we're we're changing that. And the Lord t- tells us in Romans once yeah. we begin to embrace those things, He will give us over to them. And yep. I think that's, and that's exactly. the ultimate judgment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is good. That is good. So we will pick this, uh, this up next episode until then go and speak the truth. <laughs>